Awesome. Um, can I just say, I don't, I don't patronize you people. So I, I never come in here and go, oh, you, these are such good responses. Well done. I don't say that unless I'm genuinely impressed. And I'm really genuinely impressed with everything I just heard. Awesome grasp of history. Uh, have you just been learning about this stuff? Like, how's it so fresh in your mind? You did it yesterday afternoon. Well, good. Well, good. Like, remember this stuff because, honestly, this is um, this is where your mind needs to be to engage with this because it's a high it's a high thing we're about to engage with. And unless you're sort of primed, it's kind of like you're about to run a race. If you go to a race cold and they say go, you're going to pull a hamstring. Like you're just <laughs> you're not going to run very well. But if you're warmed up and you're limbered up, and then they say go, there's every likelihood you'll win the race. Yeah. So it seems to me that you are warmed up for this conversation, which is really exciting for me. In fact, I'm a little bit nervous, to be honest, because I don't know where it'll go. But, um, but let's dive in. Okay. Um, so Eucharist. Um, what is it? Does anyone want to tell me, just have a stab at a definition? It doesn't have to be an exhaustive definition, but a definition. Um, Eucharist means like giving thanks. Mm-hmm. Good. Keep it going. Good. Good. Keep it going. Um, the, body, blood, the body and blood of Christ. Fantastic. Fantastic. Anyone else want to build on it? Yeah. It's like a part of the Mass. It is. It is. In fact, we would call the Mass the celebration of the Eucharist. Um, Trinity, I can see your hand up. What are you thinking? Um, it also means liturgy. Yeah, good. It's in the liturgy. Okay. Um, I don't know if you know this, but we would call those who gather for Mass... The Eucharistic Assembly, it's one, one of many names we could give them because they're gathered to give thanks and to partake of the body and blood of Jesus. Good. Um, and, and you've said body and blood, but what are the material things used there? Is there literally a hunk of human flesh and human blood there? I hope not because that would be very scary. What is it? Um, the body is bread and the blood is wine. Fantastic. Or, or you could even say the bread is body. And the, and the wine is blood, right? Good. Okay. Um, so obviously, we're using symbols here. I'm going to circle back to symbols because the way that Catholics would engage with symbols is, again, pretty high. Like, you've got to loosen up and warm up for it because we're doing something pretty epic. Um, and it's not just a reminder. It's meant to be far, far more than that. In fact, all our sacraments are meant to be far, far more than just a little mental move, you know? Um, so where does the Eucharist come from? Why do we even do this? Who gave us this and the other sacraments? Jesus. Jesus, good. So what were Jesus' words? And by the way, it, it, it's in chapter 6 of John's Gospel, amongst other places. Um, I know Mrs. O'Brien's going to jot down some notes for us. Um, what, what did he say? And he even went so far as to say, if you do not eat this, do you know what he said? No. Yeah, you will not have life. <laughs> you will not have life in you. Well, it's what he said. It's what he said. So trust, trust, trust your gut, literally. Because um, even at a natural level, that's true, isn't it? If you don't eat, you're not going to last long. You've got to eat. Um, if you don't drink, you're going to wither away. So you need food and drink just normally, right? Yes? yes? Yeah, you need food and drink for normal life. 
Jesus is saying for spiritual life, for eternal life, you need eternal food, eternal drink. What is it? It's the Eucharist. He gives it to us right now. Um, I was going to... Maybe I'll finish with this. I was going to talk about um, being on a journey. Um, The church has this radical statement. I want you to repeat this after me. And close your eyes, hey? Close your eyes and just let the grandeur of this statement hit you because it's a really grand thing. The church says, um, the Eucharist, repeat that after me, the Eucharist Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. Now I'm going to say that again, but it's a huge statement. Like, I don't think a bigger statement could be made about the sacraments. The Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. When it says source, it means everything comes from there. Literally everything in the Christian life. And when it says summit, it means everything is like piled up on top of there. So what, why would the church make such a, really a kind of ridiculous statement? What could it possibly mean by that? It's a crazy thing to say, isn't it? I think it's outrageous. I think it's outrageous. Because, because think of this, what do we do in the Christian life? Why, what, are we, what is the Christian life uh, comprised of? What do, you, what, what do you think God wants you to do as a Christian? Forget the sacraments. Think about life out there, normal life with people. Um, live like Jesus did. Yeah, good. Pray. Pray, yeah. Be kind to all. Be kind to all. Um, okay. To love him as he loves you. Yeah, fantastic. That's good. To speak the word, to speak the word of the Lord. Yeah, good. Matthew? Good, 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 good. And what about stuff that is out in the world? This might not be so obvious to you, but because of everything you just said, how we need to care for each other, we need to look out for the vulnerable, all of that, because of that impulse, the church has gone and built orphanages, hospitals, universities, schools. The earliest schools in Australia, the Catholic schools, were for disadvantaged people who couldn't go to school. So there'd be schools set up for them to come and study so they can hopefully uh, go and get a job and, you know, be, be contributing members of society and flourish as people in the world. Um, what else? Uh, you know, all, all of our charitable things like St. Vincent de Paul or, or Vinnie's or, um, sorry, same thing, um, Salvo's or um, what else? These organisations that help lots and lots of people. Sure, Caritas. Think of all of that, okay? That's, that's all in the Christian life, isn't it? Yes? Yeah? And the church is saying the source of that and the summit of that is the Eucharist? <laughs> this little three-gram piece of bread? How could that be? It ought to just make us think, I'm missing something. <laughs> I'm missing something. Um, the Eucharist is the, the full potency of the presence of Jesus with us. Um, sacramentally, yeah, sure, it's a sacrament. Um, but it's, but it's, why we, it's why it falls right at the center of 
our highest celebrations. Like the mass is the celebration that a Catholic does, um, which is just drenched in scripture and drenched in prayer and drenched in um, us giving our best. You know, we, we offer ourselves, but we offer everything, you know. Um, if you go to Sunday Mass, you'll see there's a collection as well. They offer money. They offer everything they have. Um, to who? To Jesus. He's the source and the summit. It all came from Jesus. So it ought to all go back to him. Does that all make sense so far? Sort of? Yeah? So it's a big thing that's happening. And I think it's testament to how close Jesus wants to be with us. I often, I used to say this to the younger kids when I was in Mackay. But um, hands up if you've ever, um, hands up, if, <laughs> is your hand already going up? <laughs> hands up if you've ever, if you've made a new friend recently, yeah? Okay, okay. Now, hand down. Um, hand up if you've visited their house. Yeah? Okay, hands down. Hands up if you got to sleep over at their place. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Um, and hands up if um, this might not be what happened, but you cooked a meal together and you ate the meal together at their house. Yeah? Okay, all right. The point, the point is, um, like, it, it got closer and closer and closer in friendship, didn't it? Like, you can meet someone once and kind of wave at them from far away. <laughs> That's, yeah, you could say that's a friend. But the friendship can go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, can't it? Yes? Yeah? And there's ways that you know just in your heart, you know how to make friends and how to make deep friends. There's ways to, like, push that friendship and make it even more wonderful, you know? Um, what it is, is you and that person getting closer and closer and closer and closer until you're kind of like that, you know? It's like you're conjoined twins. And, and your parents are like, stop hanging out, okay? You hang out too much, stop it. <laughs> um, but it's good. It's good because that's what friendship is. It's sharing each other's lives. Now, what's Jesus doing here? What's Jesus doing here? He's getting so close. Say it loud. Yes. He's getting so close. He's on the money, and I think, I hope you're all thinking it. Jesus is getting so close, look at this, that you don't just wave at him from a distance. That's, that's pretty good. You can wave at Jesus from a distance. You don't just say hi to him in talking range, face to face. You don't just hold his hand. You don't just hug him. But somehow his body, right, the bread, the sacrament, his body and your body go, and they become one thing. And then you can't even... What's your name? You? Cairo. Cairo. You can't even get away from him if you want to, which I'm sure you don't. But, like, his life is now entangled in yours. You're stuck in, in this deep friendship. Deep friendship. Um, and by the way, Jesus is wanting to do that with everyone, which means if you've... Listen to this. And remember, think... think Think sacramentally. Think sacramentally and think symbolically. Jesus has kind of bound himself with you and with you and with you and with you and with me and with Ms. O'Brien and whatever, which means we are now bound to each other as well. Like, because we're all bound to Jesus, then we're all bound to each other in this deep, 
deep, deep way. It's really exciting. It's really, really beautiful. This is God's vision for all of us, that we'd all be in perfect harmony. Um, and we can't do it without Jesus. Like people sometimes think, oh, get Jesus out of the picture and we'll just be, we'll just be at peace. It, it never works. It really never works. Like the world's been trying to do that for yonks. It doesn't work. We need Jesus because that's his, that's his part to play. He's like the best friend the universe could ever produce. <laughs> and we need him just like we need friends uh, every, every day of the year. Um, for eternity, we need this eternal friend, Jesus. Um, he makes a friend of every single person that there ever was. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. All of that and more is caught up in the Eucharist, hey? Um, yeah, there's more I'd say, but, but what are you thinking? What are you thinking as you hear all of that? Does it sound like a good vision? A good, good, a good plan, good game plan on God's part? Um, can I say a little bit about symbols? Because this is worth, and this is for us older people as well. Um, what does the church mean when it talks about symbols? Now, this is a bit philosophical, but, but bear with me. And if, if you can say back to me in your own words what you're hearing, um, then I'll know you've got it. Sometimes, like, we use symbols to communicate things all the time, right? So when you meet someone who's new, what do you usually do when you meet them? Yeah, you wave, or maybe you shake their hand. <laughs> you do a high five, okay. But let's, let's say you shake their hand, yeah? Now, who decided... Shake my hand. Who de, have a look at that. Who decided that that means I'm meeting someone? I don't know. I don't know how long that little symbol has been around for, but that's a symbol which says a lot more than we might, we might usually say. It, it means a lot, and we can say a lot by doing it well or doing it not well. So if I... What's your name? Seth. Seth, if I shake your hand like this, what am I saying to you? Hey. <laughs> That's strong words, and I never said anything. I never said anything. But, but he's like, man, this guy doesn't want to be here. Okay. What if I shake your hand like this? <laughs> it's a bit confusing because I'm sort of smiling underneath my frown, but. Um, what am I saying? What do you think I'm saying? Even if you're wrong, it doesn't matter because that's the signal you got. Hi. hi. Okay, hi, cool. Hi. Yeah. Sorry? Your dad's mate. Your dad's mate? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, like a firm man shake. Okay. The point, the point is, even if he doesn't know me, suddenly he's getting a whole lot of signals, isn't he? Like, he's, he's like... This guy's telling me something, and I'm picking it up, and I might not be understanding all of it, but I'm getting a lot of it. Yeah, Seth? Yeah? Uh, you guys know I'm like a nice guy who's happy to be here, so obviously all that's fake. But, um, but that's, that's one symbol, okay? Now, the same thing is happening in the symbol of the Eucharist and in all the symbols of the sacraments, baptism with water, anointings with oil, um, confession where the priest, you know, absolves your sins, etc. Um, so what's... Jesus saying with the symbol that is bread a lot is being said okay um, but I want to differentiate and again I know this is a bit complicated but but stay with me we would say that there's a difference between a symbol and a sign 
a sign is something that points to something else and it kind of reminds us of stuff and it might tell us what to do. But a symbol is something that operates at a way higher level. So I'll give an example. Let's pretend I'm driving down the street and I see a stop sign. Um, firstly, what is it going to look like? What is it? What is it? What am I going to see? Red. Yeah, red. Yep. Yeah. And it might have the word stop on it. But even if I just see a red light, I know what that's saying, right? Okay. Um, and, and if it's not a light, if it's a hard thing, it'll probably be like a red octagon, yeah? Um, so we, it's understood, if you've done your driving test, it's understood that that's telling me to stop. So, so I've already given away the answer, but what, what is it telling me to do? Stop. It's telling me to stop, okay? Because it's a sign, and signs tell you stuff. So that sign is telling me, hey, Father Ashwin, stop. <laughs> um, now, I, I can make a decision. I can say, that sign's telling me to stop. I'm going to stop. And I pull my car to a break. Or I can be naughty and, and, and be like, no, I can see there's no traffic. And I just go zip all the way through. Naughty. naughty, hey. So don't do that. That's really bad. Um, what does the sign do? If I, if I ignore it, if I drive straight through it, what does the sign do? Now think about this. Don't give a complicated answer. Give the simplest possible answer. What does the sign say or do um, if I ignore it and keep driving? Anyone else? It gets ignored. Is anyone going to say something different? All right, all right, but that's that's stuff in addition to the sign. Okay, the sign can't do that. So it'll. It, what did you say again? It it says nothing. It gets ignored. Anything else? No, but it can't do that. It can't do that because it has very limited power. So so shall we say maybe at best, friends? May hands down. Maybe at best it repeats itself. It says stop 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 and i've already driven past it so i stopped hearing that voice and that's it that's all the power it had yeah it has limited power it can tell me stop and then that's it we we with me so far yes okay that's what makes it a sign now listen to this because now you've got to use your imagination and you've got to understand what we're doing by differentiating a sign from a symbol we would say think symbolically think sacramentally we would say that if the sign said, hey, I said stop and reached out and grabbed me and physically stopped me. Now, I know that's a ridiculous scenario, but just, just imagine it for a second. Just imagine I'm driving. I'm driving. I see the stop sign. I know what stop signs say. It's telling me stop. I ignore it. And it reaches out and physically stops me. And everyone's laughing because it's not possible. It's not possible. But if it did that, we would say it's no longer a sign, it's now a? Who said symbol? Symbol, okay. It's no longer a sign, it's now a symbol. Why? Because symbols do more than tell us things. Symbols actually do those things. Yeah? That's a really important distinction to make. Signs tell us stuff. Symbols tell us stuff too. But then symbols do what they're saying. They actually do what they're saying, right? Okay. 
Um, does anyone want to re-clarify that little concept, or, or should we move on to the one of the sacraments? Yeah. Um, what would a green green light do? Would it say you're allowed to go and yep. off? Yep. Yep. And like just not wish you. Yeah. If I didn't move it, it'd push me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's let's go to. I'm going to use a different sacrament. I'm going to use baptism instead of Eucharist for a second. Okay. Um, so what what generally happens in a baptism? <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get dunked in water. Good. That's what materially happens. There's water and you get immersed in it. That's what the word baptis, baptism means. Baptizare means to go under, to be immersed in the water. Okay. Um, but, but, I mean, what's actually happening? Because it's not about getting dunked in water. It's about something else happening symbolically. You're getting... Anyone? Okay, cool. Yeah. You're getting, we would say, reborn. Good. Good, good. Yes, good. Anything else? Sure, or the Christian community, because baptism's for all Christians. All Christians have baptism. Yeah. Huh? Blessed, did you say? Good, good, good. This is one I don't think you'll get, but we, we say we're grafted into the body of Christ. So you become like another part of Jesus' body, you know? Um, like, like Jesus is made up of many, many people, all the, all the baptized. Um, and we'd also say you're adopted into the family of God. Now, all of this happens when you're, quote unquote, dunked in the water. Yeah? But check this out. If the water was a sign... We're going back to signs and symbols, yeah? If the water was a sign, then we'd look at it and we'd be like, oh, it's telling me that um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting washed clean somehow and it's telling me that I'm going to be reborn and it's telling me that I'm going to become part of God's family and it's telling me that um, I'm going to be purified. Yeah, cool, I got it in my head. I, I know what it's telling me. When does it do that stuff to me? Say again. No, 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 no. Think about what we do with the water. Yeah, yes. See, the water, think, think back to the stop sign doing what was impossible, reaching out and stopping us. The water does wash you. It's like, when does it wash you of sin? When it washes you, that's when. When it literally runs over your back and washes you, that's when it did that, <laughs> symbolically and really. Um, when, 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 were you reborn when you went down into the water and came up like you just came out of another womb? You know what I mean? It's beautiful stuff. This is how the symbols of the sacraments work. Uh, I know it's really deep, but if you can get your imagination in that space and say, Lord, I believe you can do this stuff because you make these promises and I, <laughs> I trust you. Um, this is what's happening in the sacraments. Okay, so finally, let's get to the Eucharist, all right? What could bread Think at the level of sign. It's just telling you stuff. What could bread co possibly tell you about you and God? What's what's it saying? Yeah, but even that's a bit deep. It gets simple. What does bread tell you? Huh? I can't hear. Yeah. Yes, but I want you to be even more simple. Like, when do you want bread? 
when you're hungry, right? Okay, so so bread, especially if I haven't eaten for a long time, if I look at bread, I'm like, hmm, <laughs> that looks pretty good. Um, okay, so bread tells me that I'm hungry. Um, and it tells me that it can satisfy my hunger. Like if I eat that bread, I'll be happy, right? Um, second question, and this is, I know this is a bit deep, but, but think about this. Has anyone ever gone into the garden and gone, oh, that's a nice loaf of bread on the tree and plucked a loaf of bread off the tree? Yes? Hands up for yes. No. Hands up for no. No. Okay, because, because you, can't, you can't do that. So where do you get bread from? Can you just get it straight from the garden? No. You have to do what? Listen up, listen up. Yeah, okay, but pretend there's no shops. Seth, listen up, listen up. You have to make it. You have to make it. Good. You make it from scratch? Where do you make it from? Wheat? Okay. Milk? You could do that, but the Eucharist doesn't have milk in it. Okay, so you need to go get some wheat, and then what? No, no, forget just the bread first. <laughs> what do you do with the wheat? Do you just eat it as it is? Yeah, Matthew. You grind it up. Good, good. Then what? Yeah, no, you jump into the end. What do you do with the ground up wheat? Good, then what? Keep it going, keep it going, yeah. Yeah, too quick though, too quick. You got, you, got, you got some ground up wheat and water. That's not bread yet. Uh, yeah, but we're going to make unleavened bread. Actually, yeah, let's do leavened bread, sure. Okay, you add yeast. What else? So you just immediately mix those ingredients and bake it? You got to do something with it first. You Okay, you mix it, you knead it, good, good. Okay, then you put it in the oven. Now what do you do? Do you put it in the oven and immediately take it out again? Yes. Listen up, listen up, listen up. You have to wait. You have to wait a long, you have to wait a pretty long time, yeah? So you have to wait for the wheat to grow. And then you have to wait in the oven for it to come out. And then you take it out. And then finally you've got bread, okay? Finally. Okay, friends, friends, the point, listen up, listen up, listen up. The point was, the point is, making bread was like a big project, wasn't it? Like, like it comes from God as a gift. You didn't make the wheat, God made the wheat, um, and God made the water, and God made the yeast, and God made the oven, sort of. Um, and God made you, but, but God is, is inviting us to work with him, to, to collaborate with him. You know, um, it's like when, like, your parents could do everything for you. And in a sense, they do. But every now and then, and more and more as you get older, they'll say, can you help me with that? Can you do that? What do you think about this? And they'll actually mature you, right? I mean, you've already seen this happening. And you're in year six now, so you've, imagine back when you were in prep, like you were, everything was done for you. But now your leaders in this school, which means you're, you're co-working with your teachers, you're co-working with your, um, your, your classmates and your students who are below you. You're doing something Eucharistic, really. You're doing something powerfully Eucharistic. Um, so, so, okay, bread feeds you uh, when you're hungry. Bread takes a lot of work, and it's about taking God's gifts and trying to work with God to make those gifts wonderful, you know? Um, 
And then bread is shared, you know, it's literally broken up and shared. Um, so it's not just for you, but it's to feed everyone. <laughs> um, also, lastly, this might be the last thing I do because we're covering a lot of ground here, but bread is kind of like the everyman food, you know? What is a beggar, at, you know, they've never, they haven't eaten for the last week and they're just famished. And they're like, please just give me some bread, you know? Bread suffices, bread is enough. Um, if you're the richest, biggest, most powerful king and queen, um, well, on your massive 10-meter dinner table is bread as well. Like, everyone is sharing this bread. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you have, what you don't have, what your last name is, what your first name is. Who cares? <laughs> you're a human person. You need your daily bread. Um, all of this is in the Eucharist. It's really powerful, isn't it? It's really powerful. Um, when we gather for this bread, which is Jesus, when we gather to break this bread, it's not just the rich people who, who go for Eucharist. It's not just the poor people who go for Eucharist. In, in a sense, once we come to that table, nothing, nothing else matters. It doesn't matter. There's no clicks. There's no like little friend circles that keep other people out. No. This is one reason why we call the Eucharist communion communion because together we become one and the eucharist says that like a sign but the eucharist also does that like a symbol it literally makes us one when it's when it's shared in our presence this is super deep stuff but but i love it and um i hope it's kind of really setting your imaginations off mm -hmm.